In this episode, I talk all things from Crown Jewel 2023, emanating from Mohammed Abdu Arena in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, we're gonna get into it. Let's go. What's up, people? It's your boy Mex, the WrestleManiac, if you will, and I'm back again with another podcast. I hope you guys have been well, man. We've had a weekend absolutely jam-packed with wrestling because obviously we had a pay-per-view this weekend, Crown Jewel, which we're going to get into shortly. But of course, around that, you've got your Friday night Smackdown, you've got your, your Saturday collision and, um, you know, rampage in between Ring of Honor a couple days beforehand. And there's been some New Japan stuff that's happening, some good action over in New Japan this past weekend, man. Um, I don't know, you know, how much of my audience, how much of you guys um, really follow New Japan. I I don't tend to make a lot of content on it just because of that reason. I'm not sure how many people are following it. And, you know, things like New Japan and their copyright stuff is, is headache, man. <laughs> it's a headache to manage. So I tend to just you know, talk about it in a wider circles and not so much um, on my channel. But if, if there are, you know, people that take in New Japan, then obviously let me know and I can create some content on that. Danielson has challenged Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. That's going to be absolutely massive. Um, so yeah, can't wait for that. We're going to see Will Ospreay versus Moxley versus David Finley. A new title is being made. I hope it's a return of something akin to the IC title but that's all gonna going to going to come so I can't wait for that but like I said we are here to talk about Crown Jewel <sighs> WWE Crown Jewel like it was a very it was a very good it was very good pay-per-view like I don't think there was anything great I don't think there was anything you know brilliant it's it's not pay-per-view of the year. It won't be in conversation for pay-per-view of the year. It was just a very good pay-per-view. Like, I would literally say all the matches, literally from the pre-show to the main event, were probably about three and a half star, four star. Like, there was nothing that was getting you, like, you know, kickouts and stuff like that. That, that, that. that kind of stuff would get you out of your seat. But, like, anything else was just serviceable really solid stuff really good wrestling you know they've slowly started making these crown jewels mean something remember back in the day when these were just like nothing nothing pay-per-views brought out of thin air because saudi arabia wanted to have them and they were requesting the likes of undertaker and lesnar and you know braun Strowman and his green title for winning the greatest royal rumble and requesting ultimate water you remember that do you remember when they requested Ultimate Warrior as if this guy wasn't dead, like real life dead, not like, you know, WWE dead? They wanted the dead man to appear on the show. I mean, that's Undertaker as far as we all know. Like, it's not Ultimate Warrior. He's dead. But yeah, like these Crown Jewels, these Saudi shows in general, they've started meaning more. They've, they've got a lot more um, substance to them now. They play out on TV. Um, there's Fallout, which then is a, is a, you know we we see put into storylines and stuff like that. So they mean something. They actually mean something at this point. So yeah, 
really really solid show man and you know i'm, I'm gonna go through the card and it, like i say this is more or less the fallout of the card um of the show that we got um there's there is nothing really in terms of play-by-play action to scream home about or to talk about so yeah um to try and keep this you know to the point and brief for you guys this is literally you know fallout from from this show so we'll get into it we'll start with Sami Zayn and JD McDonough I don't know if JD McDonough wins like ever I'm trying I'm trying to think have I seen this guy win on the main roster since he's been about now we know the role he's playing right now yeah we know that right now he's trying to appease the judgment day and get into the judgment day and do all their dirty work for them and all that kind of stuff. And this was a brilliant position for him, albeit, you know, the pre-show of the the actual Crown Jewel pay-per-view. Um, this was a really good position for him. Probably the biggest crowd he's ever wrestled in front of, maybe. So big up, big up JD McDonough. Um, but it was always going to be Sami Zayn, wasn't it? It's always going to be Sami Zayn. And, you know, even so much... You know, I, I'm not here to get into politics and stuff like that. But even so much, you know, the fact that Sami Zayn is now happy and free to appear on these pay-per-views. And you could just see the glee in his face, the happiness with, you know, the crowd singing his name. The crowd absolutely love him. We saw this the first time. Uh, was it earlier this year? Was it May this year when they came, when um, WWE went to Saudi Arabia um, and how happy you know, Sami Zayn was and everything. Um, Kevin Owens in tow as his tag team partner at the time. They were champions at the time. So, yeah, man, this this match, you know, pretty straightforward. Sami Zayn gets the, gets the big wing, gets the big pop, gets the fan acclaim. Um, JD McDonough put on a good match. And, yeah, that, that was it. Like I say, nothing really to kind of sing home about when you're talking about this particular match. But let's get into the main card. I think we found out on the pre-show that the main card was going to open with the world heavyweight title on the line. So that's Seth Rollins defending the title against Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that's the match that opened the card. Now, it 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 wasn't great. It, not the match. Sorry. <laughs> The match was good. Again, like I would say, you know, we're talking three and a half, uh, maybe four stars that I push um, out of five. Really decent match. I still feel that these guys had another gear to go, but didn't quite get there. Maybe they left some in the tank for another occasion that they're going to face each other. Who knows? But Seth Rollins retains here after a really solid match with Drew McIntyre. Um... We saw, obviously, afterwards, Drew McIntyre goes backstage and Rhea Ripley gives him the look like, boy, I told you so. Like, maybe you should have joined the Judgment Day. Who knows? And, of course, Seth Rollins wins the match. Damien Priest music hits. And you're like, okay, here we go. He's running down the ramp. Referee in tow. Money in the bank briefcase in tow. And you're thinking... 
maybe maybe this happens here i know for sure i was because this was kind of part of my prediction for this show that we were going to see this actual cashing and damian priest walk out as world heavyweight champion i just didn't like how this went down man he goes to the the um what do you call it timekeeper area and with the referee he's saying yes i want to cash in Sami Zayn jumps over. Sami Zayn's got a hoodie on, inconspicuous, jumps over, steals the briefcase, jumps over the barrier again into the people, into the fans. They're loving it. He's holding up the briefcase high. Damian Priest gives chase um, to Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn has costed Damian Priest's opportunity to cash in for the world heavyweight title. Seth Rollins is looking on in the ring like, ha, 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 doing his little maniacal laugh. Just laughing at the whole situation. <sighs> I understand maybe making Seth Rollins match and Drew McIntyre go on first to make them feel special somewhat. Yeah. Um, to give this world title a, a good positioning on the card. You know, it's not the main event, but going on first is always kind of said to be the second best position if you're not going to go on last. However, with going on first, this absolutely killed quite a few bits for me personally because it's like you could open the show with Seth Rollins defending and Damian Priest cashing in and becoming world champion that would have been one for the ages that would have been special but I just feel like it was never really gonna happen like that was it it was never really gonna happen like that was it um so we haven't even seen Damian Priest on the night Damien Priest obviously went on to have a match with Cody Rhodes, which we'll get to. And it's like, you know, we probably all knew Cody was going to win that match. Damien Priest should have lost that. And then it's like, you're, he's stewing, he's bubbling. The the judgment day were going to, you know, have maybe costed him in that match. And he's like, right, I don't, I'm not listening to the judgment day anymore. I'm going off on my own. I'm doing this cash in. Like, I felt they could have built to this moment more. Now, this is all in, you know, in jest i guess i'm talking this nothing really matters what i'm saying because you know he didn't cash in successfully so it doesn't really matter how it happened because it wasn't a successful cash in regardless um but i just feel you could have made us as an audience think that this was going to happen because of how you lay it out better and yeah the, the layout of this like i said i thought mm, okay damien breeze is coming down but are they going to open the show with the cash-in? Like, I just didn't really believe it as such. And then, yeah, it didn't come to fruition anyway. So, listen, um, I, I think Damien Priest, he has to cash-in. Rollins and this world title run, I'm going to make a separate video in the next week or so in regards to this. Because pff, Rollins and the world title... <laughs> I hate to say it, man, because Rollins is my guy, but I don't know, man. This this isn't really it. This isn't really it. It hasn't been it. It's not like as of today, like I've just realized, like it hasn't been it for a minute now. Um, Rollins is my guy, but you lot said this title was needed because Roman had the other one in a chokehold. So this one... We're making this one to give people opportunities and to spread this title around the houses. And you ain't spreading it nowhere because Rollins has held this title since May. Since May. Well, this is nearly six months now that Rollins has been world heavyweight champion. 
And it's not like Rollins needs a, a world heavyweight title run of all people. You see what I mean? I know he was a bit disgruntled. Maybe you gave him the belt for, to, you know, to shut him up or whatever. He didn't really need it. And not for this long, for sure. Like, this could have been a Drew McIntyre. Someone that you could argue probably needs it a bit more. And then he can hold it for six months and you could have thought, okay. And I think at the same time, McIntyre probably would have been a bit more of a better champion. And I hate to say that because I like Rollins. But it's it's the truth, man. You either kind of... It's, it's a hard place because you give it to Rollins to establish the title as well. I, I'm fully aware of that. But I think it's been too long, man. You've had good opportunities. You know, when he was running around, defending against everyone on every show, like, okay... Fair enough, you're getting the defences in because we, we're not used to seeing defences because Roman's not on it. <laughs> Roman's not on defending his title, you get it? So, I get that season of his title run. Finn Balor had two bites at the apple. You can't tell me Finn Balor couldn't have been champion. Shinsuke Nakamura had two bites of the same apple and you can't tell me, you know, they had built Nakamura to a, to a point where we were beginning to believe Nakamura again turned him heel, had him cutting some nice, sinister-looking promos. You can't tell me Nakamura wasn't ready for this B world title. You can't tell me. And we've got Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre, I don't. I felt this right now would have been, oh, wow, if McIntyre won it, I would have been shocked. Like, it would have been a bit too early in his current trajectory. But he could have wanted to be the foil for a Damian Priest who cashes in immediately. And then you got McIntyre. Well, you got your moment in front of 50, 60,000 people, or however many people were in attendance. And then it's taken from you again. That thing is taken from you again because Priest has cashed in. So, yeah, there's, there's just a couple things here which, on the broader scope of things, are frustrating me a bit around the booking of this world title, the booking of the money in the bank um, briefcase. Um, we're going into Survivor Series. We'll see how much this is involved. Of course, it's been confirmed. It's War Games, so um, we'll see. Yeah, how much the World Title is actually involved in the next um couple of weeks. But um, yeah, Rollins as champion. I'm I'm ready for a change. Damien as champion. I'm ready for it. But let's do it right. Let's make it a a massive moment. I don't think Damien's gonna be one of these chumps that fluffs his his cashing i think damien is becoming you know world champion let's just make sure we get it right you see what i mean let's let's get it right um next up on the show it was the raw women's title or sorry the women's heavyweight title should i call it the one that rhea ripley has and she was in the five-way match fatal five-way against nia Jax, Shayna baszler zoe stark and raquel rodriguez um these five women did as best as they could you know again i would say solid three and a half um match very fun a lot of action happening finishes flying everywhere um a lot of interrupted pins as you can imagine as there's, there's five competitors in this match but rhea ripley is the star rhea ripley is the star of the show with everything she does from the entrance let's talk about the entrance yeah like she was had like a guard of honor is the only thing i can call it like a guard of honor coming out from the entrance from gorilla position by you know saudi men locals 
you know, now, and I just feel in, you know, again, I'm not into politics. I don't want to get anything, you know, incorrect in what I'm saying, but I just feel with everything we know about Saudi Arabia, the treatment of women, equality, this, that, and the other, to have like a guard of honor on your entrance from these local men in local garb, like, I just think it's excellent. And it just really states who Rhea Ripley is. This had nothing to do with Judgment Day's regular presentation. It wasn't all gothy and dark and emo and all of that kind of stuff. There was no Damien Priest. There was no Finn Balor. There was no McDonough. There was no, um, what's the other Don's name? Dirty Dom. There were none of these people accompanying her. This was just a woman walking out, being heralded by men, Saudi men, as, you know, just the best, the, the, the star of the show. I felt it was a very powerful kind of image and um, very powerful in terms of the message that that they can send. Like, yeah, I, I like that. I really liked it. And like I say, she just done her thing throughout the entire match, man. Rhea Ripley is a star. They need to do better on this title run because the title run is still a bit... <laughs> Get me? Like... We're going to talk about this year and talk about how great she has been this year. But it's how great she has been this year, probably more so within the Judgment Day. Because if we talk about how great a champion she has been, yeah, man, it's not going to be such a positive conversation. Right now, anyway. They've got time to turn it around. Rhea Ripley's excellent. This match was really fun. I'm happy that all these women got to got to show themselves. Um, the increased amount of opportunity for women in Saudi Arabian shows is is something to really smile about and be happy about. You know, we're ever edging closer to you know the business end of WWE season series, if you like. You know, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, Mania. You you can't help but think it's going to be Rhea Ripley versus. Becky Lynch at some point we'll see we'll see you can't help but think it but I think that's the that's the best what they have and that's probably what they're keeping but we can give Rhea some good stories between now and then surely surely um Raquel Rodriguez has to come back around maybe there's a Liv Morgan that's gonna re reappear at some point I know Liv might not be the most you know believable person to be able to beat Rhea Ripley but she's a good, feisty competitor, um, can deliver good promos, good segments, sell a match, and then we can go from there. But yeah, Rhea Ripley retains here, and we move on to John Cena versus Solo Sikoa. I was so torn about this match going into it. John Cena, that promo on SmackDown, putting away Solo Sikoa so easily, you know, with all the we've waited so long to hear from you and this is all you've got to say and you know John Cena just really putting him down we all know you got signed because of your cousin and this that and the other so quickly dropping the mic and walking out disrespect like this is the this is the disrespect yeah that John Cena's been delivering in previous times as he's come back to WWE we haven't seen it so much this stint until obviously this past SmackDown, but if you guys remember the way he put away Austin Theory in their build to WrestleMania, so disrespectful. 
so disrespectful. It's like, bro, are you coming here to help talent or, or, or crush them? Even the time, the year before, was it 2022 or 2021, where he had the match with Roman? Um, was it not Money in the Bank? It was SummerSlam, was it? I can't remember. I can't remember. But he had a match with SummerSlam. Had a match with SummerSlam. He had a match with Roman, like maybe last summer or the summer before that. And in the build, he was just so dis- And Roman was Roman at this time. Roman was tribal chief, head of the table. And he was very disrespectful to Roman. And I was like, boy. I was like, boy, you know. Like, I don't know if this John Cena coming back is helping. Like, I'm all, I'm down for a good roast and someone getting roasted. You get me? But when your role is to come back and put people over, John, you have to turn down the roast. It's not, it's not gas bark six. Sometimes turn it down and go back and forth with them let them get some things in because you're still showing that yeah i'm one of the best on the mic i'm this and that like blah 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 like he chats grease and i love it but like you have to slow down when it comes to the verbal sparring because you're killing some of these men of course the match is you know choreographed or fake whatever you want to say you see what i mean like and then they are going to win because you're putting them over but building to the match Take time, John. You get me? Take time because I feel like sometimes you're moving mad. You're moving mad. But like I said, he cooked solo on SmackDown. They got to the match. This match was very good. This match was very fun and it needed to be exactly what we got. Um, John Cena kind of fighting from underneath at times, trying to show he's still got energy, he's still got fuel in the tank, can still go. Solo Sokoa, he's the young upstart. He's the enforcer of the bloodline. You know, chasing chasing John Cena around at the beginning of the match to deliver the Samoan spike, just literally chasing man around the ring with your thumb was, it was excellent. That was, like, the way he was just using it, just throwing his thumb at Cena, like, that was really, really cool. And I mentioned on um, Twitter or the X platform that what I found really as a good visual for this was, John Cena's bald spot in the middle of his head. Because the whole story is, you know, I've been here for X amount of years, over 25 years. Do I still have it in the tank? I'm still going. I ain't want to match in however long. I need to win a match. And, you know, or am I heading to retirement? Have I lost it sort of thing? And at times when Cena was being thrown around or selling or depending where the camera was, he was picking up this bald spot in John Cena's head. And I don't mean any comedy when I'm saying this. But it, it really signified that, yeah, this guy is getting old. Does he still have it? And I really think it like, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, it worked as a good visual for me personally. For me, for me, it worked as a good visual. Yeah. And the bold spot was needed. I needed to see that to really see that this is a, a, a young man throwing around a veteran, a legend. I won't go as far as saying the greatest of all time because I don't personally believe it, but that's what they call him, so that's cool. And this this match happened and played out exactly how it needed to. Solo Sokoa was absolutely killing John Cena with the, with the spikes at the end. Killing him. Put him in his grave, man. Pinned him, slow-mo, got out of the ring. Like, done, you're dead to me leave you in the desert in in Saudi Arabia and we got a nice little bit of respect at the end where you know you know 
John was taking in the the acclamation from the crowd. The crowd really loved him. He's John Cena after all. You see what I mean? Like, really nice moment there for John Cena. And it begs the question, you know, what's next? What's next for Cena? Um, I don't know if he's quite done yet. Obviously, we know he's here because of the, the Hollywood strikes with the writers and that. Um, but I don't know if this is quite just it. I thought he may had a chance of beating Solo here because of the whole having won in so many so much time. I do think the whole thing of superstars beating Cena is diminishing. Um Cena is obviously he's very given at this point of his career. He's letting people get wins over him and all that kind of stuff. I do think it's diminishing a bit. He probably does need to win, get a big win. Is it completely necessary? I don't know, but yeah. In 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 name value, that's all it is right now. This person beat Cena. But, yeah, it's happening a bit too much now where it's like, uh, Cena's not Cena right now anyway. So, yeah, but, you know, this was a really good match. Um, done what he needed to do. We had a segment of Miz TV here on the show as well. Uh, it was typical Miz TV stuff on a pay-per-view where, you know, they get some local person as well involved like some celebrity act in this case it was a saudi arabian actor called ibrahim al Hajj, i believe his name was um and he got involved grayson waller got involved grayson waller was the victim we move because yeah there's nothing much more to talk about in regards to that well we move on to the united states title match logan paul versus Rey mysterio yeah the whole logan paul build up to this in the desert doing some mad stunts in his little bike quad looking thing, car thing. I can't lie. I was thinking, how did they let him do those crazy stunts so close to a match? What if he got injured? Anyway, um, he done that. He came through the streets of Saudi Arabia, drove into the venue. Um, the car and everything was part of his entrance. Super cool. Super sick. Um, and he had this match with Rey Mysterio. Very solid match. We've talked about Logan Paul and his ability to, you know, be a phenomenal wrestler already in his young career sort of thing. Yeah, Logan Paul's really good. There was one part where we were seeing uh, uh, off the ropes, like a, like a lion salt kind of thing, or a springboard, should I call it, by Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio, I don't know if the rotation was so quick, he was literally going to land on his head. And just before his head touched the mat, you saw Logan Paul catch Rey Mysterio and lift him up and it looked like a great feat of strength. But he saved Rey Mysterio from disaster. And for him to be able to have that kind of awareness in this sport, which is new to him, let's, you know, he wrestled in, you know, college or whatever or in high school, but professional wrestling is new to him. And he caught him within an inch of him landing on his head. Like, Logan is very good at what he does. Whether you like him or not, he's very good in what he does. We move on towards the finish of this match. One of Logan's cronies came to give him um, knuckle dusters. The knuckle dusters were seen and hit out of Logan's hand and then... Santos Escobar came over the barrier and picked them up and he went to, you know, take them away until he then spotted this crony of Logan Paul 
and started to give him chase. As he went to do that, he put the knuckle dusters back in the ring, like on the apron, in reach of Logan Paul. Logan Paul put on the knuckle dusters. He got 619 for his trouble. And then when Mysterio went up off the ropes to give him the senton, Mysterio got laid out with the knuckle dusters. One, two, three. Logan Paul is the new United States champion. Yeah? Right, so first things first, I got from this. There is now going to be tension between Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio. Because Rey Mysterio can say, you, you gave him those, those knuckle dusters. You could have put it in your pocket and chased my man. You gave it to him. You left it on the apron and he picked it up again. Was that a setup? Santos Escobar will obviously plead his innocence and it was just, you know, it was just a mistake. It was, I didn't think he could reach it or whatever the case is. Um, but yeah, that might be a way to cause some tension between the two. Um, if they want to use that, it's literally right there. I, I think they should. Santos Escobar, I need him to turn heel. He's much better as a heel. And, you know, Rey Mysterio could be a good foil um, for for that in the first feud. Carlito could, could be good in the middle, try to separate the two parties and all that kind of stuff. I think that could be a nice little story for LW well. Um, so there's that aspect of this finish of the match. In general, I wanted to just have a word on Rey Mysterio as a champion, his title runs. Apart from his cruiserweight title run back in the day, I don't think I've ever been impressed as Rey Mysterio as a champion, full stop. I don't know whether that's him. I don't know whether that's WWE. And even the cruiserweight one that I mentioned, I don't know whether that's because I was a child. I don't know whether that was because I was, pfft, what would I have been? 11 years old? 10, 11, 12? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever going to be convinced that Rey Mysterio as a champion, no matter what belt he has, I've never really been impressed. I wasn't impressed here. I was begging for Logan Paul to take this title off him, which he did, which I'm happy about. Um, and of course, now, Logan Paul can go on to really be um, putting this this title on the map from a mainstream point of view at the very least. Yeah, I think I think this could be very fun. Having a United States title on the Impulsive podcast, taking it with him to certain things that he goes off to do. Um, I think that could be fun. That's going to create a lot of um, good content for the WWE. They knew exactly what they were doing, putting this belt on him. We all saw it from a mile away. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a good move. should be a fun move as well. Um, and like the masses have been saying, I said this very early, LA Knight versus Logan Paul, WrestleMania 40, LA Knight wins the United States title. I think that's where we're heading. I think in the meantime, we can give Logan Paul a lot of good, um, competitors where he has to show up in places. Does he show up at Survivor Series? They can probably leave him off of Survivor Series. You could probably have him sometime, you know, showing up again in November, one more time in December. Royal Rumble, they can probably no need to have a, a match there because he could be in a Royal Rumble match as a champion. A couple matches um, or stuff. And in fact, probably after the Rumble, they can start building to LA Knight versus Logan Paul. So we can, we can kind of get away with the United States title not being on TV 
all the time. Um, you know, the IC title is holding it down now across the board for mid-card titles. It's in such a great position from where that once was. So the United States one can take a bit of a backseat. But, you know, once LA Knight has it, if he does get it post-mania, I think that'll be a really good position for it. And we can start building up that title again. But yeah, um, Logan Paul winning for me was 100% the right decision. And also, this was the 100% the right decision. So the WWE Women's title, Bianca Belair challenging EO Sky, 100%. Another one that could have went either way. We all know Bianca Belair is entering her John Cena wins, Lala phase, her Charlotte Flair wins, Lala phase, and... Bianca Belair does get a lot of wins and um, it's for me it's not really so much an issue just yet but we are definitely approaching it being an issue for me um, I want to see a change in character uh, it doesn't have to be a heel turn but something has to give like I just need Bianca to give us something different at this point as an audience um, her character has been the exact same character since she arrived on the main roster nearly three years ago now. So forgive me for asking for something new at this point. You get me? So, yeah, this was a really decent match between these two ladies. You know, probably two of the best in the division, especially on SmackDown. Um, what we did see is the return of Kyrie Sane, who has been rumoured for a while now. She was returning to WWE um i think her her deal and everything contractually was literally just signed up within the last 24 to 48 hours before we saw her at the saudi show and um what we saw was Kyrie saying do i guess what bailey couldn't because bianca was dealing with bailey on the outside when bailey came to interrupt and help eo sky who which eo sky you know still wasn't happy with with bailey getting involved um, Bianca Belair was putting away Bailey, not really phased by Bailey. Obviously, beat her on SmackDown um, the day before the Saudi show as well. But we saw Kyrie Sane come in, and she caused Bianca Belair some trouble. Bianca Belair eventually beat a nine count to roll back in the ring, but Io Sky was waiting. As soon as she rolled back in, bang, got hit with the moonsault off the top rope, and Io Sky pinned her one, two, three to defend the WWE Women's Title. So a really fun finish um, in what was a, a, a really good match between the two. Kyrie Sane being back, siding with Io Sky excites me. I think there's potential there for some really cool stuff. And, you know, we previously saw Kyrie Sane in the WWE that is alongside Asuka, Kabuki Warriors, if you guys remember, going back and forth with Bailey and Sasha Banks for the tag team titles. A great time for those titles, honestly. Um, and then Bailey was the person that kicked out Kyrie Sane from WWE. So they've done very well here to kind of weave Kyrie Sane coming in, helping EO Sky, those two embracing the ring. And it's like, all right, EO's siding with Kyrie. Bailey's on the outside thinking, well, I tried to help you. You don't come and hug me. And how is she back as well? I thought I got rid of her. A lot of nice moving parts here in the women's division. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Do we add Asuka to some type of faction here? I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Do it. I think it would be fun. I think it would be great. I think these three were a faction. 
back in stardom, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I might have to check that out. Yeah, it, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, I I didn't believe Eosky, although you know it could have been tight between the result of this Bianca winning or Eo winning. I still think we haven't got Eosky versus Bailey for the title. That surely has to be something they do. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to where this goes, especially now we've added Kyrie to the fold. Um, great to see Kyrie saying back. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this. Next up, we had Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. <sighs> this this match to me, I can't lie, I kind of checked out of this match just because I knew Cody was going to win. And for me, this match probably had to be first on the card, if not second on the card, early doors, so that we still had the opportunity on the night is Damien going to cash in. But at this point, Cody Rhodes versus Damien Priest, you know, just going on before the main event, we knew Cody Rhodes was going to win. Damien Priest didn't have his briefcase because Sami Zayn had took it and stole it and ran off with it. What What am I watching this match for? I watched the match, but you get me. What am I watching this match for? Like, what is going to happen? What is the drama here? There wasn't any. I don't think there was any. Um, so, yeah. I just didn't need them to put this match here. Needed to be earlier on during the night. And that would have been a lot easier to at least think, keep in the back of your mind, oh, something may still happen. Cody Rhodes is still going to win. Damien has that briefcase. Damien is deeply frustrated. Maybe something's gonna happen later on. But I guess they blew their casket in that in that in that um sense. And um yeah, there was very little drama in this match. Cody Rhodes getting a win. He's on his road to WrestleMania, surely. Um and the other person that's on their road to WrestleMania is Roman Reigns. We had Roman Reigns defending the WWE universal undisputed title against LA Knight LA Knight he has earned his position to get a chance in the main event should LA Knight ever have won this match hell no hell no this was the correct outcome yeah Roman Reigns was going to win Roman Reigns always had to win LA Knight should not be becoming the the WWE undisputed universal champion no not yet not here like the thing is even with all the fanfare I don't think I've seen enough LA Knight looked great on this match at this match yeah I won't deny that he this is the best I've seen him um I'm not a fan of all the bells and whistles of you know, Roman's defense, bloodline, Paul Heyman, Solo, Jimmy, like, it's not every day, it's not every day, and yes, he's a heel, yes, we've become accustomed to him winning like that, but not, <clears throat> I don't want to say, not, every, not everyone deserves this treatment, not everyone needs the whole world to help to put them away so Roman can retain not, not everyone. At what point is Roman just going to put someone away and just be looking bossy, looking like the tribal chief, the head of the table? Like, I'll put this guy to the side. You know, easy, light work. But he needs help with everyone at this point. 
And at the same time, you build these characters, you know, the Sami Zayn's, the Cody Rhodes, the LA Knights, you build them to a point where it's like, all right, Roman can't really just beat them clean. I get that. This is a form of protection for those characters that they've built up. I get that. But at the same time, Roman was never cowardly heel. Chicken shit heel. He doesn't need all of this. Like, you understand? Like, he doesn't need all of these bells and whistles every single time to defend his title. It's frustrating. You're not making my head of the table look like he's head of the table. He looks like he's hiding under the table. That's exactly what he looks like at this point. And then when these men have caused enough destruction and chaos, he runs out, spears a man and pins him. It doesn't look great. It's getting repetitive. Um, although, like I say, the match was good. The match was really good. LA Knight, that's his best outing that I've seen. The finish is very repetitive and it's not needed for everyone this style of finish surely doesn't need to be for every single person roman comes up against it's not needed roman ain't in peril roman ain't in peril at all until wrestlemania um wrestlemania is when we're all saying that you know cody rose is going to beat him we hope because we fought that this year and that never happened. So we hope WrestleMania is actually where it happens. Um, and then we can move on to something else and tell some new stories and stuff like that. Um, we probably won't see Roman Reigns now until the Rumble. Um, and that's by all accounts of dirt sheets, this, that and the other, new stories. Probably not seeing him again until late January 2024. And like we've discussed already, what's next for LA Knight? You know, he's going to take a bit of a knockback here. Not too much because he lost to Roman Reigns. Um, they'll probably give him some filler feuds in between. And I think the United States title is in his future. Him versus Logan Paul. I think they should do it. I think that is, that is what they can do best for LA Knight. And they've done a lot of good work for LA Knight. And LA Knight has seized every opportunity that he's been given so kudos to him um but yeah guys that was crown jewel 2023 um like i said throughout solid pay-per-view literally every single match i would have rated somewhere between three and a half and four stars three and four stars let's say every single match like, it was just a very good watch at a reasonable time of day for us here in the UK. Um, some some good action. Um, a good result in Logan Paul becoming United States champion. Some A good comeback with Kyrie Sane. Yeah, and some drama. If you liked a bit of drama in the main event finish. Like, very, very good um, pay-per-view show. One of the longer pay-per-view shows that WWE have put on recently where they've seem to have cut down the card they don't need as many matches on the card anymore this was a bit of a longer one but still entertaining um throughout no overly incredible highs um no lows so yeah can't complain you guys let me know what you thought of wwe crown jewel on the old 
X machine. I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to calling this thing X, but yeah. Let me know what you thought. Let me know what your favorite match was and all that good stuff. I will see you in the next one. I'm trying to decide, should I do more podcasts in terms of like just news bulletins, maybe a bit every day? Would you guys like that? Or, you know, I just keep it like a, a weekly roundup and stuff like that. Um, you guys let me know as well what you're what you're into what you like but yeah we'll put this one we'll wrap it up um and put this one out there for you guys so you can listen to that um hope you guys all have a really really good week ahead blessed week um and yeah new videos got some new stuff i've got a video i had to do a video it's it's almost honoring mgf and kenny omega from their match at collision what was that a week ago now or so um so that's gonna be on my channel please check that out hit the like button and subscribe on youtube as well if you're new to my youtube page check that one out of course wrestle extra during the week as well talking everything black wrestling and then yeah rest things channel for everything else rest things channel for everything else i'll catch you guys in the next podcast appreciate you guys for listening wrestlemaniac uk signing out and i'll see you soon <laughs> Thank you.